Our theme for this year, 2024, is set apart. Can you say that? Set apart. Okay. Uh, how many of you remember what the theme for 2023 was? One? Anybody else remember? Okay, two? Is it coming back very slowly? All right. That's pretty bad. <laughs> you can't remember what the theme for 2023 was. The theme for 2023 was, uh, and we prayed five days for it. We're going to be praying five days for the theme of Set Apart. So can you remember by the end of next year, at December 31st, what the theme for this year will be? Yeah, this coming year. <clears throat> so what, what was the theme, Robin? Miracles. Everybody say miracles. Miracles. So now does it uh, come back to your recollection, what we prayed about, and we were saying, Lord, do miracles. That's what we prayed for. Has God done miracles? Isn't it amazing what we've looked at this past year? In, in August, the greatest tragedy, but I was so shocked because by the end of that month, we had more money coming in than would would have come in for a whole year. And by the end of the next month, it would be even over two years worth. And I'm thinking, I can't believe what is happening. And the thousands of people that God has allowed us, whose lives we have been able to touch, it's incredible. Miracles. God does miracles. I wanted to set us up uh, for this coming year. 2024, and, um, you know, I'll, how many had really good Christmas parties? How many didn't have good Christmas parties? <laughs> I've heard some stories that are uh, not, not very edifying to share, but, uh, you know, all of us eat a lot, right? How many of you gained weight this past year, 2023? Have you? I started off with 150 pounds. We went into the fasting and prayer time in the beginning of the year, and over the next two months, I lost 10 pounds. I was 140, and I looked at the, my weight, and I thought, but my muscle, my muscle percentage didn't uh, lessen, so I looked at that, and thought, wow, that's pretty, pretty good, and I could get around the court. Playing, I love playing tennis. I could get around the court and get almost every one of the balls that were sh hit short or hit wide, whatever, and I thought, Boy, it really is helpful to have 10 pounds less on your body, you know. How many of you have lost weight and you were really glad that you lost weight? Not too many of you. How come? <laughs> because you love food more, right? <clears throat> so we're going to be talking about fasting and praying because we're going to start on the 8th of this, uh, this next year, which is one day away from us, and uh, we'll go for five days. And I, I just want to... Uh, point your attention, in your bulletin is a whole study of fasting and prayer. And there is no way that I will have the two hours or three hours to share all those things with you. So I will just give you a brief synopsis in the next uh, 20 minutes or 15 minutes before Pastor John comes up. By the way, I think Pastor John has, been, has done a great job in leading our church this past year. I just want to... It's been really incredible just to see all the 
the people whose lives that we have touched. <laughs> this coming year, we are going to be uh, fasting for five days. Our focus is going to be uh, the theme of 2024 will be set apart. Can you say that again? Set apart. One more time. Set apart. What does set apart mean? Uh, this, is, this is the Greek and Hebrew definition uh, of set apart. It means to be marked off from others by boundaries, to limits, to separate. Uh, in a bad sense, it's to exclude as disreputable. In a good sense, it's to be appointed and it's to be set apart for some major divine purpose. So God is going to set us apart this year for whatever his calling for your personal life, your family's life, our congregational life is. And so we want to make ourselves available to the Lord. So I want to start off with the scripture. Let's pray first as we jump in there. Lord, bless our time. And these short few minutes, I just pray for our impact on every heart and every life that you by your spirit can speak to our lives and guide us into uh, your plan and your purpose and your direction and your journey for us this year. You have been faithful, as we have sung this morning, to guide us this past year, and you will be faithful to guide us in this coming year. In Jesus' name, we, we believe you for that. And everybody said, amen. Acts 13.2, while they were worshiping the Lord. This is um, the prophets and teachers of uh, the first century church were gathered. And they were praying because they had two new people come, come join them, Barnabas and Paul. Uh, and as a result of it, they wanted to pray for God's purpose and will to be done in uh, Barnabas and Paul's life. And so they were worshiping the Lord and they were fasting. They were uh, denying themselves food. I was sharing in the first service, it was a really interesting five, five years ago, this insight into why Fasting is important. Um, how many of you love food? I didn't realize that I love food so much. I, I had a lot of experience with fasting all the way up to about maybe 20, 20, 15 or 20 years ago. I fasted a lot. And I went from 150 pounds in high school down to about 115 pounds when I got married <laughs> and uh, gained the 150 pounds back by last year <coughs> uh, and lost another 10 pounds. But um, why am I saying all that? Oh, you love, you love food. How many of you love food? I, I'm finding out that I really like food. You know, I enjoy eating. In fact, 10 years ago when I retired and Pastor John took over, um, I found that I ate differently from my wife. You know, she would always make the food for us and I'd eat whatever she made. And I found out that I like different foods than the ones that she makes. She's not here, is she? Susan here. So, is she here? Oh, there she is. Okay. I mean, but this, this is how we live our, in our home. I cook my own food. I, I love, I know, I see her. Uh, I love to make chili, and she doesn't like eating it. So, there's, I really enjoy food. So, it's a major commitment for me now 
to do fasting as I did before, you know, because food didn't, wasn't a major thing to me then. <clears throat> and this is what the, uh, the prophets and the teachers in the first century church was doing. They were fasting, denying themselves food. I was going to tell you this one thing. Um, you know what the first sin that uh, caused the corruption of this world was about? How many of you know what happened in that first sin? It was food. You know that the major, it's a major temptation that God is trying to pinpoint for us that we think it's part of our daily lives, and especially in America, we have it in such abundance. Anytime you want to, you can eat, right? And so you eat all day long. You know, not only your meals, but all the snacks. And the biggest problem we have with in, in America right now is obesity. People are just gaining weight, and even our kids, because of the way that we feed them. And to deny ourselves food, if Adam had denied himself eating that fruit, we would not be in the situation we're in today. You know, history would be different. And I believe that when we move into a time of fasting and prayer, we can change history. Can you imagine that? So this is what we're looking at right now. I, I'm just looking at one scripture, and I probably, in this outline, have maybe 30 scriptures that you can take and read on your own the next week as you prepare for our fasting and prayer next week, Monday, not tomorrow. So it says, while they were worshiping and they were fasting, something happens when you deny yourself food. Because you suppress your fleshly, selfish, carnal, natural desires and your spiritual life gets more sharpened in that process. Something happens inside of you. And, you know, you're just always feeling hungry when you're not eating. Uh, and what it does, it sharpens the Spirit of God speaking to you in your life. Because this is what it says. While they were worshiping and the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke. And he said something. If you have a hard time hearing what God has to say, I would just suggest you spend more time just denying yourself eating. Spend time some fasting. I always thought that the breakfast meal was really important. I still do, but I always thought it was so essential. You know, until, uh, I, I don't know, a few years ago when the intermittent fasting craze was hitting the nutrition world. And um, I found that I, have, I can have a whole lot more energy not eating in the morning and going out and playing tennis. I was, I was shocked at that, that I have more energy without eating than with eating. And then I, I started eating and going out to play, and I felt sluggish. And I thought to myself, that can happen in, in our lives without realizing that when we don't deny ourselves of what, it, what we normally enjoy, that something happens to energize different parts of our lives. And so often we concentrate our lives just on our physical life and neglect our spiritual life. 
So it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, so the first two words, what are the first two words the Holy Spirit said? Is it up there? Set apart. Everybody say set apart. Set apart. That's what God's desire is this year. To set you apart and set me apart. How's it going to happen? So over the next few weeks, we're going to take a look at uh, this whole subject. And we've got a fasting and prayer brochure that's been put together by our church, every nation church family across the world. We're going to pray for that um, during this um, time of fasting and prayer. <clears throat> and there are instructions from Scripture on what fasting and praying is. There's uh, directions, practical directions on how you get into fasting and prayer. Uh, you can pick the days of the five days that you will be involved, uh, whether one, two, three meals uh, a day, how you want to fashion that fasting. It's all, it's all in here. So uh, I give you some of the practical steps in your outline this morning that correlates with this, with this booklet. So you can take a look at that. Uh, set apart is a theme for 2024. That's the first thing the Holy Spirit spoke to Barnabas and Saul at the time whose name was changed to Paul and this time changed church history. Because up to that time, the church only ministered to Jewish people. For the first time, there was a change that was going to take place. And missionaries would be sent out into the Gentile world, the non-Jewish world. History was changed through fasting and prayer. And I believe that many times when we embark on fasting and praying, without realizing it, our personal history, our family history, our church history, our city's history can be impacted and changed. And often we deny ourselves, we deny our church that privilege by not engaging in fasting and praying. So set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. In, um, in Psalms 4 verse 3, God sets apart the godly for himself. He wants us first to be set apart to him. Here in the scripture, we find that they were set apart to be engaged in a ministry of some kind. And what happens with every single one of our lives when we're engaged in fasting is that we can hear God clearer. If you have a hard time hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying, if you read the scriptures and it doesn't make sense, try fasting. Uh, one of the early years of my Christian life, uh, I was influenced by uh, a Chinese minister who had, a th who had a model that he had for his life, and it was no Bible no breakfast. <laughs> can you say that? No Bible. That might not be true for you, but can you just say it anyway? No Bible, no breakfast. And he committing, uh, his name was Leland Wang. Leland Wang. Uh, I knew his daughter, 
Esther, um, his daughter Mary, really well. <laughs> Her daughter was Esther. Um, and so he would commit himself to reading the Bible before he would eat anything. That was the first thing that I was exposed to when I learned about fasting. How many of you have had teachings on fasting? Bible, Bible teachings on fasting. How many of you had Bible teachings on fasting? Uh, let me ask one more time. Because last, the last service, I asked the first time, and there was only 10% that raised their hands. And I asked the second time, and there was like 50% that raised their hands. And I asked the third time, and so many percent raised their hands. So maybe some of you are a little shy. How many of you had a teaching of Bible fasting in the past? You've heard teachings on Bible fasting. Okay, that's a little bit more hands. Wow. Is, are your hands that heavy? It's hard to lift it up. You need to start exercising. <laughs> so that's about 40% of you or 50% of you. That means half of you have not heard teachings of fasting. Yeah. So what you have in the outline given you in the bulletin is uh, probably a really good, healthy overview of fasting. And... Um, goes through Bible characters, goes through uh, Isaiah chapter 58, uh, the whole chapter, which is a classic chapter on fasting. And then in the set-apart brochure for our Every Nation uh, family, there's practical tips that's given to you. I just want to share this once, one story. I was going to share a story, my personal story, of uh, how I heard from God and God just changed the history of our church. But I want to share, um, and I'm pretty sure I've got Miles' permission. He's shocked, I, I, I see. I, I shared your story in the first service, Miles. Um, we, had, we had prayer meetings with pastors and um, different marketplace people. I, I was going to share my story, and I thought, I'm a minister. I'd rather, I'd rather share a story from a marketplace business person. And... Because you can identify more with somebody who's working in the business world, you know, than you probably could with somebody whose profession is pastoring and Bible teaching. So we had we had a, a time of prayer with pastors and um, on a weekly basis, and Miles was part of it, Miles and Joyce. And I remember when Miles came in one day, he said, I, "This is the first year, I think, over decades of his work." that he was going to lose money. And he said, I think I need to sell my business. And I, I just felt like, I don't think you should sell yet. Uh, but he put it on the market, I think, to, to sell. And in a convention that he was in, God spoke to him and said, I want you to pray. He didn't ask you to fast, did he? Well, you had to fast, right? There's early in the morning at 4.30. Who's going to eat at 4.30 in the morning? 4.30 to 6.30, he would pray every day for a whole year. If somebody, if God asked you to pray for two hours a day, how many of you said, yes, that's a good idea? <laughs> that was Miles' response. What? <laughs> two hours a day. And he told me that he slept a lot of the two hours. But there was one day. When you discipline yourself to seek God, whether it's fasting or whether it's fasting and praying, God will speak. That's, that's what happened here. The apostles, the, the teachers, and the prophets were fasting and praying, and God spoke, 
And out of that emerged apostles. Because they were not the apostles. Barnabas and Saul, who was sent out, became apostles. And in the midst of Miles's, um, we probably should have you share the story, Miles, uh, sometime during the year. Because I probably will get some of the facts incorrect. But uh, God's, God spoke to him and said, um, I want you to keep your business and I want you to give 50% of your profits to me. What if God came to you <laughs> and asked you to 50% of your paycheck? How many would be really excited about that? <laughs> I think I've given maybe about 20% on a regular basis at the most, you know. And there's one time I was really challenged to give a whole lot that was surprising to me. But, you know, most of us would be reluctant. You know what Miles' response was? Lord, if you want... 50% of the debt that I'm going to incur and lose this year, I think it's a really good deal. <laughs> and then God spoke to him and said, you're going to have $200,000 of profit this year. At the end of the year, he was shocked to find out. He actually tells me that for the business to make money that year was like looking at Haleakala. This is Miles's. Uh, uh, metaphor, looking at Haleakala and moving it one foot one way or the other. It's impossible. At the end of the year, he had $130,000 of profit. And when you add the loss, it's $200,000. And since then, it's just multiplied. History was changed through that because he became one of the major source of funding for his wife's burden of feeding every person in Maui. And today, after over 20 years, food is available for every, no person in Maui need to go hungry because of, what, because of what God has done through Miles and Joyce's life. I mean, that, that is an incredible testimony of a change in the history. And I don't think that there's any county, any city that can say that there is a testimony that they can declare of every person having their needs met like that. You know, I think we need to give God thanks and praise for that. Uh, I don't have time to go through all the regular things that I wanted to go through, so let me just jump into Isaiah chapter 58. The classic chapter in fasting, I'll make one point in regards to this. This entire chapter, from verse 1 to verse 14, is all about how not to fast, what the primary purpose of fasting is, is delighting and seeking God, and what is the unselfish direction of fasting to believe for freedom from oppression, providing for the poor, restoring a lost legacy, and then it ends up with all the benefits personally in terms of our spiritual life, our family life, uh, the multi-generational impact of our lives. And what is really interesting, it says that, uh, that your health will improve when you fast. I thought when you deny food, you're, 
denying yourself nutrients. But I learned a while ago, uh, my first lesson on, on fasting was fasting for the benefit of uh, sharper, sharper mental uh, thinking and clarity. That's, I, I didn't learn it in church. I learned fasting outside the church in a field of nutrition. And then later I found out about uh, fasting from the from Bible perspective. But right now, I mean, we're finding out that uh, in the health world, to deny yourself of food actually is a benefit for you because what happens when you're eating, you are utilizing every single one of your organs in your body to process that food. And we never give our bodies a rest. And our bodies need a rest. You know, just like working five days and resting two days. You, you need the rest. If you don't, your body will fall apart. Right? And so the same thing holds true for uh, what organs work in your body when you let it rest from eating. Then everything that's going wrong in your body corrects itself. And you actually get healthier than not eating. Isn't that something? And so the, the Lord spiritually guides us into a spiritual direction, and what Isaiah 58 says is that your health will spring forth speedily. Your health will improve. Uh, Pastor John's coming up. Why don't you welcome him as he shares uh, part of the vision for this coming year. Thank you. Uh, I'm not going to share anything um, different than what we've been sharing, but um, the vision of the church hasn't changed. We don't reiterate it a lot, but uh, for this year, it's the same as the year before, the year before that. Can everyone say this with me? Each one, reach one each year. That's it. Each one, reach one each year. And right now in, in Maui, there are so many needs. And God is strategically placing us as Christians within our community to make an impact, to be salt and light. Uh, Matthew 5 says that we're to be salt and light. And salt is kind of integrated within the food. And every single one of us are integrated within the marketplace in the way that God has designed. There's a divine appointment that he has for you for a specific person, um, multiple people. But as we pray and as we fast and as we meditate on how God wants us to impact uh, this community, God will open up doors. And so... Um, I want to just read a couple of scriptures, and then we're going to close this morning in a time of worship. Um, this is Isaiah 58, the scripture that Pastor Eddie was sharing on. Um, is not this the fast that I have chosen? This is Isaiah 58, verse 6. To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke. How many of you need breakthrough in your own personal life? You don't have to raise your hand, but how many need breakthrough? And it can be physical health breakthrough, breakthrough in relationships, breakthrough in finances, breakthrough in areas of addiction that maybe you've struggled with uh, throughout the years. Fasting is a tool that God gives us to break these things. And a lot of times, Jesus in his own ministry, he delivered people and his disciples said, how come we couldn't do that? And he said, this kind of thing only comes out through prayer and fasting. And so it's a tool that God gives us to break every yoke. And if we want to break through this year, that's a tool that God gives us, and we can do it in unity uh, together as a body. The other thing it says, is it not to deal your bread to the hungry, that you bring the poor that are cast out to your house, 
that you see when you see the naked, that you cover him and that you hide not yourself from your own flesh. It's not just for us, but when we fast, God gives us opportunity to impact those around us. And what we've seen, and then the promise is, if you do this, then your light will break forth as the morning, and your health shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your reward. Then you will call. Everyone say they. Everyone say then. Then you will call, and he will answer. And you will cry, and he will say, here I am. It's a promise that when we set ourselves apart to pray and fast, that it breaks the yoke in our own lives, the places that we need breakthrough, he, he, provides, uh, he provides the anointing for that. And then he provides us the opportunity to make an impact. I just want to share a real quick testimony that, that um, our intercessors, uh, they've been faithful, faithfully praying for decades. And uh, it's, it's so crazy that this, the eight acres back here on the side of our property, for many years there was like, a and B asked us if we wanted to purchase it from them. And my, my dad was like, ah, oh, we don't have any use for that land. And they said, well, well, if you don't sell it, if we don't sell it to you, we're going to sell it to a cemetery and they're going to make a cemetery by your property. And the guy who owned the cemetery came to our church and he's like, when we purchase the land, we'll sell you a small piece. And he didn't know that A and B offered it to the church first. So all the intercessors started praying and they they heard God's voice as they, they prayed, and they said, God wants you to purchase this piece of property. So that eight acres there was purchased several decades ago for only $300,000. A&B gave it to us. We've been praying every single year, God, what do we do at this property? And, just, and several years ago, we were looking at a tiny home community. Maybe God has given us this land to build tiny homes and to provide for, um, you know, the younger generation that can't afford getting into the housing market because it's so expensive. So we started researching all of these tiny homes, and, and nothing came out of it. We started researching it in 2018, and then this year Lahaina happens. And we did all the research on how this property could fit some tiny homes on it, and it, it looks like God is providing funding so that we can clear this property in the back and put about 35 tiny homes for Lahaina residents for a period of five to eight years. And that change in, and I believe, and I don't know if this is going to happen, but I believe that it's not just going to be a blessing to the Lahaina residents because they're going to be able to not just live in a container. It's not a container. It's an actual home, the same kind of home that Elon Musk lives in, at SpaceX, he sets up this thing called a boxable house, and it's a beautiful little home, and it's, it's right off an assembly line and, and very affordable. But uh, we, be, we believe it could be an answer to affordable housing on this island. It could change the course of Maui history. The same way that Feed My Sheep was an answer to a problem in 2008, and there was more hunger that existed in 2008 than ever before in our history, and a person of prayer stood up and made themselves available to change the history of this island so that Feed My Sheep now serves our whole community so where nobody has to go hungry. It could be possible that God wants to change Maui's history again. And if we provide ourselves to prayer and fasting, that he will allow us to do it if we're set apart. 
because he's not going to change history through people that are exactly like the world. We need to be different. We need to be set apart and consecrated to what he wants to do. How many want to be a part of that, of the change of Maui's history? And, and what, uh, it's not just the changing of Maui's history, but it's the changing of the history of your friends, the people that God has put you in uh, contact with. So on, chap- on page eight in this book, uh, you can write down the names of people that are close to you, people that you feel God wants to use you to impact their lives for the kingdom. And just pray. Uh, and as you pray, God is going to go before you and partner with you to see lives change this year. Amen? Um, we can have Pastor Eddie come up. And then worship team, you can come up. We're going to close our time together in worship. So in this um, set-aside booklet, make sure that you get one uh, in preparation for not this Monday, but next, next Monday is fasting and prayer for five, five days. Uh, there's an explanation of our church family, our Every Nation Church family. The reason why we call it Every Nation is because our vision is that every major metropolitan of every city of every nation will have a church planted that will be a training center to raise leaders up to plant churches in every, every one of those nations. So right now, we, we have covered out of 116 nations of the world, 83 nations. This next coming year, there's church plants that are being planned in Arab-speaking countries, many of which forbid the preaching of the gospel. So this is going to have to be done very subtly. May his model be our example that we will follow. Give us grace so that we can do that. We ask in Jesus' wonderful.